Welcome to our channel. As you take your time to listen to God's word today with us, we believe and pray that this sermon will be a blessing for you as well as your family. God is good, amen. Has God been good to you throughout this week? Yes, so just wave with me and say, God is good. Amen. And He never fails to be good. Amen. And God never fails to satisfy our hearts. Amen, people. All right. <laughs> so Pastor Sam is ministering in Chennai this week and he's sending his greeting and love to you all. And we're very happy God is using our pastor to many places around this uh, you know, country. And we praise God that, his word, that he is using Pastor Sam to deliver God's word to many people um, around our country. And today I'm really excited about uh, speaking to you uh, with a, about a strong word. I don't know, I was strengthened and I was challenged uh, by this word and I want to deliver this challenge to you uh, this morning. But before that, you know, it reminds me of a story. There was a mom and a son and, uh, you know, this little one is around five years old or, no, or less than that. Um, and every time this mom would clean the house, she will ask the son to say, go get the broom uh, from the pantry, right, where they put all this broom and cleaning elements. Uh, and this kid uh, will run towards the door, run towards the room and will stop at the door because it's dark. Right? He has to go in to put on the light, so he is scared. And, and, and every time his mom asks him to grab the broom, he will say, um, Mom, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. And, this, and mom will go like, hey, don't be scared. Jesus is with you. When you call him, when you call him for help, he will come. All right? So the son, he runs to the um, room, and, and, and somehow... He stands there and, and he thinks, okay, I have to walk in. And my mom said, if I call on Jesus, uh, he will come. So he, he puts his hand inside the room. He's still outside and he says, Jesus, hand over the broom to me. All right. And then uh, it didn't happen. So he runs back to the mom and says, mom, I'm scared. And the mom says, don't worry. Jesus is with you. When you call him, he will come and he will help you. You don't have to be scared. And the son, he's like, okay. Again, so Jesus, hand over the broom to me, right? And he did not step into that room because he did not see his mom's word come to happen. He said, if you call Jesus, he'll come and help you. So he just put his hand out and said, give me the broom, help me, please. He did not step in into the darkness. And I think... Most of us dwell around this kind of mindset when, when we hear God's word, we run to our situation and we say, Jesus, do something. You know, we run to those places and say, Jesus, do something. I'm going to stand right here and I want you to do something. And then we come back saying, God did not show up, so sorry. God did not do it. You know, but this morning I want to talk to you about being an audacious witness of God. Say audacious. Audacious witness, love, forgiveness, and all of that. But this morning I want to talk to you about audacious. You know, the word audacious means someone with a greater courage. You know, when, when a little kid comes and says something beyond their age, you look at them and like, the audacity you have in you to say that to me? How dare you say that? It kindles your ego when someone does anything audacious. 
It makes you angry when someone does something audacious. And this morning, I want to help you and learn that we will learn together to be audacious so we can disturb Satan a little bit. He's been disturbing us, so let's disturb him and do things, amen, the audacious witness. And the world that we live right now, it's always asking for proof, right? It's a world of science. Anything you do, you have to prove it. And he's risen and, 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 and how he, he is coming back. But this world is always asking for proofs. And God is saying, I am ready to show myself to this world. But the only problem is I have men and women of God. I have children on this earth. But I need witnesses to actually make them see my power. This morning... I'm not here to encourage you to just be a child of God, but from being a child of God, we got to move in to say, I am a witness of God. Because that is our ultimate calling. In, 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 in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, I will pour upon you the Spirit and you will be my witnesses. And he says, on the last days, I will pour upon, my, I'll pour upon you my spirit and your sons and daughters will prophesy. You will be speaking what is yet to come. You will be speaking uh, what God has in store in his heart. And God is saying, in time and age right now, right now, I need more witnesses and not just children of God. And if we see Moses, a prophet, every time he went to Pharaoh, he, he went back and forth a couple of times just to prove that he saw the God Almighty. And God said that his people have to come out and worship him. And the Pharaoh was like, is that so? Prove it to me. And Moses go like, well, okay, I've got some magic to show. Uh, well, God showed me the stick and I threw it and it became a snake. And Pharaoh was like, I'm sorry, man. Whatever proof or whatever the nature of witness you have is not good enough for me to know that there is a true living God. For India to see revival or for our friends to be convicted of their sins or their life and to know that Jesus is God. Maybe the witness of us just getting ready on every Sunday morning and just coming to church every Sunday morning or carrying our Bible or speaking love about you know, the, the God's love to everyone, maybe it's not enough. Maybe that's just what we do as Christians and God is saying, can you step up? Can you step up? Can you game up? In, in the world that we live in right now, in our work, in our place, in our family, in, in how we are, in everything, we try to level up. You say, okay, game on, man. All right, I'm ready for it. Let's do it. I'm going to level up. I'm going to do it. When it comes to our spiritual life, it just goes like, Daddy Jesus, I'm here for you. Tell me what to do. We're stuck in prayers. We're saying, I am available. God, I am here for you. I love you. How many of you have made that prayer? Saying, I am available. Or saying, I, I will do anything for you. How many of you have said, God, speak and I will go? Have you done that prayer? Have you done that prayer? Say, God, you move, I will do it. Have you done that prayer? 
Yeah? And if you've done that prayer, I want you to stop doing that prayer. Stop doing that prayer. All the people who came for the first service were very careful, huh? Stop doing that prayer and say, God, do something. Show me something. I will do it. And God, Jesus is saying in Matthew, he's saying, you are a wicked generation asking always for signs and wonders and you will get nothing. Because we are not called to just see, like, show me. God, I am going into this place so that I can preach gospel to them. God, I am making this financial decision so that you can make me a witness unto people around me. So that the audacious decision that I made, that people will be surprised on how this could happen. And then they will know it is God who did it in my life. And God is saying, that is the generation that I want. A generation who has the audacity to step out and do and create their own testimonies in this world. When we say testimony time, we say, God didn't do much for me. Maybe uh, I, was, I, was, you know, I was worried about my exam and he just filled my head or the dates changed. You know, testimonies like that or maybe didn't, not, nothing big happening. What are you doing? Are you preparing testimonies in your life? Are we making decisions where God can actually come and move? Are we making place? Are we building altar where God can come and move? Sometimes a witness or a proof of Christ in our life is just not enough to show the world. And we're trying to play a safe Christian life. I will live safe. I will go up to my grave and I will die safe. I will be a good child of God. But God is saying, hey, can I have some witnesses through whom I can do marvelous things? Through whom I can heal the sick? Through whom I can deliver people from idolatry? God is looking out for witnesses. Do you want to be a witness of God? Yes. I know you all are looking scared, but just audaciously say yes. We are also called to, to testify of who God is. But let me tell you, you cannot be a testimony unless you become a witness. That's how this world works. You go in the court and you say, I, I'm here to testify and say that I, will, I know this is true. And that person will say, are you a witness in the first place? Were you there in that place? Okay. Did you see it happen? Yes. Did you experience it? Yes, all right, you are a per perfect witness. Go and testify, right? But we as children of God, we only hang on to the old testimonies that we have in our life. We carry around testimonies that we have on our shoulders and we call upon and say, God is good, he's been good to me. But people are saying, are you a true witness that every day do you see miracles happen in our life? Every day, do you see God moving in that place? Can people really feel the witness than just be listening to testimonies that we have experienced in our life? So in order to become a witness, you have to be in the process. You have to be in the moment and the place. Just because Moses was in the moment and place where God was speaking to him, he became a witness. 
And every, and in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1, it says, we have a cloud of witnesses who's gone before us. And if you see and read every name that comes under the list, they all were in the moment. They were all in the moment. They were there. They felt it. If you have to be the witness of God, you got to be in God's moment. Amen. You got to be in God's movement. Amen. You got to be there when, when church calls out for heart and soul saying, come, let's wait and the Holy Spirit will fill us. You got to be in the moment to receive it and go out and be a witness. When the church calls for prayer and say, come, let's pray. Let's, war, let's wage war against every demonic thing that's captured in the city. We got to be there. We got to be there to feel the power of God, to feel the power of prayer. So when you go out, you have witness and say, I was there, man. And it was powerful. I was there and I can feel it. God is calling out for witnesses. So in order to become a testimony, we got to be in the process. The process might be hard. Moses had to go again. And again and again, and it was his own, uh, you know, he, he, was, he, he was raised in that own palace, and people would have mocked him. Is this all you can do? Is this all you can do? And Pharaoh kept cheating on him, and, and it would have been hard for him to keep going again and again. But he soon begins us to do, keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep standing strong. If your family hasn't received God's love, keep standing strong. Show them real witnesses that God is true in your life, through our actions and through our life. So how does this work? How do we become a witness of God? You can note this down. The first thing about being God's witness is that you partner with God's plan. You partner with God in what he is doing. You are both working hand in hand. You're not saying, God, you do almost everything and I will be the receiver part. I don't know, as, as Christians, we're always in the receiver side of things. Like, God, you do the miracle, I will receive the miracle and I will testify. God, you do it, I will receive it. Because you are God, I'm just a human. It's just logic, God, it's just logic. You're the rich man. You're the big person. You're the great I am. But God is saying, hey, I have installed the power, the very same spirit of God that operated in Christ is within us. Is within us. And God is expecting more from us than to say. And God is saying, at least can you sow the seed so I can water it. When we are with God, when we become God's witness, we go hand in hand. You are in God's project. I don't know what project in life you are in right now. Project of finding a girl or a boy or, or finishing your exam, overcoming your, uh, you know, your semesters and blah, 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 blah. Different projects we have. Have we ever prayed and said, God, what project are you on? Whom are you trying to deliver? Show me and I want to join hands with you. I am going to set up our operating in the kingdom. When we seek you first, the kingdom of God and all the righteousness. And he's saying, everything will follow you. But we are more focused on the everything and we just leave the kingdom behind. And God is saying, can you be my witness? 
can we partner up and i'm going to take you to first kings chapter 18 where you know elijah does something very cool i really love this man like elijah is my favorite prophet because if you see elijah's history there is nothing about him as he came out of nowhere if you see it just starts with him running away from jezebel he was scared of that lady you know and he's just running there's no history of who he is which city he comes from he's just a prophet who's been just doing and operating and and showing god so tangibly tangibly to to israel and 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 the king ahab and in this passage i want to just read from uh, verse 20 if we can read from verse 20 it's going to be a long passage and i want you to be with me are you ready church yes and we're going to read this through so Ahab went for for all sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, "How long will you falter between two op- opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him; but if Baal, follow him." But the Lord, but the people answered answered him not a word. Then Elijah said to the people I alone am left a prophet of the Lord but Baal's prophet are 450 men therefore let them give us two bulls and let them choose one for themselves cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood for but put no fire under it and I will prepare the other bull I will lay it on the wood and put no fire under it then you call on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord and the God who answers by fire he said he is God so all the people answered and said it is well spoken do you see how people were like they didn't say anything until he said hey god lord the lord is god you got to come back people were like um no words sorry we don't have anything they were israelites But when Elijah saying I'm going to show you something I'm going to prove it to you and everyone say a That's when they are saying amen show me please show me We got to move out of that mentality Now Elijah said verse 25 Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal choose one of the bulls yourself and prepare it first for you are many and call on the name of your god but put no fire under it so they took the bull which was given to them and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning till even till noon saying oh Baal hear us put but there was no voice no one answered then they leaped about the altar which they had made and it was at noon that Elijah started mocking them and said cry out loud for he is a god either he is meditating or he is busy or he is on a journey or perhaps he is sleeping or must be awakened so they cried out aloud and cut themselves as was their custom with knives and lances and until the good the the blood gushed out of them and then midday was past they prophesied until the time of the offering and the evening sacrifice but there was no voice no one answered no one paid attention wow it's so tiring to even read this but i don't know how these people are still trying right the world is trying guys the world is trying to prove that they are right the world is trying to prove that they can change anything The world is trying to prove that they are more important than the actual truth. The world is trying. Amen. And God's people, we got to be more audacious in doing things. 
Amen. And let's see what Elijah does. And, and I want you to carefully read this with me. Then Elijah said to all the people, he says, come near me. He says, come near me. So all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken. The audacity, the audacity that he has, he's saying, hey, come close and see. Right? We have a magician in our, in our church. Right? He will only make you see only some side of it. Right? But Elijah's like, I'm not showing you magic. I'm showing you the power of God. Come close. If you want, you can even touch it. If you want to do something, you can do it. And he's saying, I'm going to rebuild even what you've broken. Right? Look at the challenge that he is giving. And let's continue reading. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob to whom the Lord, the God, has, the word of the Lord had come saying, Israel shall be your name. Then with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord and he made a trench around the altar large enough for two, to hold two uh, shares of seeds and then he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood and said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice on the, and on the wood. And then he said, do it the second time. He's challenging more, he's gaming up. He's leveling up and he's saying, you're going to, you pour water once and then he's saying, pour water twice, pour water thrice and then he's saying, now the water was running all around and then he filled the trench with water. Now comes the interesting part. Elijah has passed at the time, verse 36, of all the offerings of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and I am your servant, that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me that this people may know that you are the Lord and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Look at the theme of his challenge. Look at the theme of his witness. It's for people to know that he is the Lord and God all times. Amen. And the Lord just moved. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed and the burnt offerings and the wood and the stone and the dust and it licked up the water that was in the trench. And now when all the people saw it, he is God. The Lord, he is God. This was one proof enough for the entire nation to fall on their face and say, whoa, this is enough. He is the Lord, the God. This is enough for us to see that he is the true living God and the hearts of people changed. And people turned their ways and they looked up to God. This was a witness enough. And if you see the audacity of Elijah, how dare he takes this brave move. And you know what? Among 450 bowed prophets, he's the only one standing. He's the only one standing because all the other prophets of God were slaughtered. They were killed. And he's standing there with an audacity saying, I'm going to show you. I'm going to prove it to you. 
we read the same Bible. We read the same story several times. And God is saying, is it making any sense to you guys? God is asking, is he teaching you anything? Is he challenging you? This is the kind of witness that God is. I'm not saying go in the streets and, and call everyone for a fight. I'm sure you'll get beaten up. Don't, don't do that. I'm not saying that. We're not talking about physically showing how great you are and then end up in trouble. But taking audacious decisions, preparing when, you, when there is someone who's saying, I never will accept Jesus as Christ, then that's your project number one. That you pursue, that you stand, that you prepare, that you prepare dinners, that you prepare moments and places where he, they will come and listen to God's word and you pursue until they... And like I said, the first thing about being a witness is being a partner with God. Elijah was partnering with God. You know, Ahab was, was really disturbed with Elijah because Elijah is a troubler, troublemaker of Israel. That's his name. That's his name. In, verse, in, in the first few verses, um, you know, it says, is he the troublemaker? When Obedia is talking to Ahab, he's saying, that guy, the troublemaker, he spoke a word and there is no rain. He says something and it happens. He is a troublemaker. But sometimes we as God's children, we are very comfortable to make sure even the Satan is like not disturbed. Like, don't worry, dude, I'm not making any decision that will disturb you. Like, I won't, I won't bother you, okay? I'm not making any choices here. I'm not, I'm not going to do anything. I'll go to my work. I'll go to my college. I'll just come back. I'll just graduate and just live my life. I'm not going to disturb you, dude. Don't worry. But, God, but Elijah's name was troublemaker. There are some troublemakers here, but in a very different way. Your parents know, right? We know we have those kind of people, but God is saying, can you trouble the kingdom of Satan for me? And when you do that, I'm with you, dude. I'm with you. Can you just say, God, come with me. I'm going to do something here. Can you say, in my office, I'm going to start something where they will feel God. Day in, day out, you are trying and trying and trying every single day. Have a prayer group. Call people out. Speak to them about Jesus audaciously, not thinking of what's going to happen. And say, God, come. I spoke to them now. You know, Make sure I don't get fired, but... Can you touch them? And I'm very sure God will do that. God will do that. He wants people who will partner with him in the project that he is in. We need a generation that says, I spoke, God moved. And we need a generation that says, I stood and he answered. No longer we need a generation that says, I'm waiting for a sign. I'm waiting for a wonder. God is saying enough of that. Can you do something and I will move? Because I want to make you a witness. I want to make you shine. I want to make you, I want to make you a, a, a piece of instrument that people will, will know who I am. And second thing about being a witness is that when you have laid your foundation on the obedience of God's word, on the obedience of God's word, in the first, in the beginning of this verse, even before all this happened, God just simply says to Elijah, go appear to Ahab. He just says, just go before him. 
He doesn't say, I am going to show myself powerfully. You go, you do all this, pour one uh, trench of water, put two trench of water, three, and then I will send the fire. For them, there will be no fire. So I gave no plan, no blueprint, nothing. He just says, go. He just says, go. And Elijah went. An absolute, audacious obedience. An absolute audacious obedience. People might feel like you're a fool to obey that word. You are a fool to do that. You know why? Because there are 100 prophets hidden in the cave at the same time. There are 100 prophets by Obedia. He, he has hid them in the cave because they were all getting killed. There were 100 prophets hiding in the cave. And God said to Elijah, go to the king who is ready to kill you. It's just like saying, go pet a lion. You will be okay. It's just that. Anytime he can kill you. But Elijah just goes to Ahab and saying, hey, what's up, dude? You were looking for me? In fact, Ahab is actually sending out people to say, get that man to me. Like, seriously, I am, I am annoyed with this man. He is prophesying and things are happening. Get that man to me. And Elijah is like, looking for me? I'm here. Your obedience. You cannot be a witness if you're not obedient. And I'm very sure God is speaking into our ears. I'm very sure God has been speaking to some of us and saying, hey, I need you to do this. I want you to make this decision. And we have been ignoring it. There are voices in your ears, but can, can we heed unto what God is saying? Can we heed unto what God is calling you out for? You might feel like, I'm not fit for this. I am not eligible. It does not work out with me. It is not me, so I am, I'm still waiting. But God is saying, it does not matter. It does not matter. Amen. Amen. Are you sad that God is going to move through you? Then why is that amen so sad? Amen. amen. Church, if you're receiving it, if you want to put it in practice, say a loud amen and receive it. Amen. amen. Or if you're wondering, uh, Elijah did that great. If I do that, it's going to be very bad. <laughs> that is context. There are things that we can do right now to disturb the kingdom of Satan. To make people turn around and be amazed. There are ways and God is calling us out. And the third thing about being a witness is this. When we challenge anything that does not stand for God. Challenge anything that's not for God. When I talk about challenge, don't think about, like, okay, Monday morning, that, that, that guy in our church, I'm going to go challenge him for sure. I'm going to challenge him that I'm going to get the promotion, not him. I'm not talking about challenging people on the outside, but challenging on the inside. There are things in our life that does not stand for God. And in a previous week, Pastor Sam spoke about our dream being aligned with God's dream. Where God's dream becomes our reality. Where God has dreams. God is always on a project. God is always in the move. And God is saying, challenge things that's not for me and when we stand and challenge those things God is ready to deliver us if we are struggling with any thoughts any decisions or any people and God is saying challenge it and leave and move do you have the audacity to do that it can be the most important decision of your life 
You might feel like, well, like, if I miss this, my whole life can change. But can you trust God in that whole change? Yes, there are certain decisions, and my God might be saying, but I have other plans. Well, like, my life will be like for no good. Can you trust God in that moment where you feel like it's going to be no good? And God is saying, can you challenge yourself? Can you become that pure witness? Tell, trust me, when you try to become a witness of God, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be like a fire. You're going to be tested. You're going to be mocked. You're going to be put in, in, a, in, in a place where you're vulnerable. But God is saying, hey, there's amazing things coming out of you. You're going to be a witness. I'm not, I'm not preparing a small testimony. I'm preparing a witness. I want you to experience it. I want you to see it. How long are we going to depend on others' testimonies? How long are we going to say, oh, the financial blessing happened for them. It's going to happen for me. Oh, God healed them. He might heal me. How long are we the first-hand witness? That you will be the first-hand witness. But do we have the audacity to make decisions where God can come and move in our lives every single day, every single day? like no other, like no other. Challenge it. Whatever that you feel like it's not for God, we have to be against it, church. If you are okay with it, if you're tolerance with it, that means you are against God and, and you're okay with it. You can never be okay with anything that is not for God. Psalmist says, anything that is against God, I'm against it. Let me tell you, anything that is against God, I am against it. And if we got to be witness, we have to be on one side and be against of what is dark, of what is evil, and what is just living their life. Why should I just do all this? But it is sin. It is against God. It is hurting God. Can you do something about it? Can you do something about it? We got to challenge it. And the fourth thing about being a witness of God is you sowing by faith. You move by faith. The audacious faith that you do. You say, God, you know what? I'm going to sow in this dry land. And I'm going to witness you do a miracle out of it. My life is dry. It's like a wilderness and I don't see anything good coming out of it. But you know what? I am going to sow it and I'm going to wait on the Lord to water it and I'm going to see the fruit of it now. That's audacious faith, guys. That's audacious faith. And you know what? God will move because he says, you are the one who, who waters it. And sometimes we try to feel, we, feel, we, we take the burden of, of doing things that only God can do. God says, I am the only one who can water your seed. I'm the only one who can make you grow. But we feel like if I make this choice, I have to also make it grow. Sorry, it's not your job. But God is saying, can I see an audacious faith? If you say, I will do. If you move, I will move. If you prepare the altar. If you see Elijah, he prepared the altar. He challenged them in faith. And God showed up. Can we take up those projects where you do things audaciously, church? Where you do things audaciously. The church that we are sitting here right now, it was an audacious faith. 
No one believed that this can happen in Trichy. But it was an audacious faith of a group of people and God showed up. He said, wow, if you guys are ready, I'm ready. If you guys are in it, I'm in it. You might be small, but I can use you in a greater way. The city can be blessed. Very soon as a church, we're going to go out or as an individual, we're going to go out saying, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Jesus loves you all. Ho, 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 ho. And people will eat your cake, eat your biryani, celebrate with you. And they're like, thank you very much. See you next year. What happened from January to November? What happened from January to November? How much of a witness are we unto the people around us? If we're going to try to prove God with just something little of making all gimmicks, it's not going to work, guys. Either you give up or do something about it. If you really want to be a witness unto God, you try again and again. You're plowing again and again. You are sowing again and again. And with your audacious faith, God will move. Your, the, 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 the audacity that you have, God will move. Amen. God is asking us to move in faith. How many of you have made financial decisions where you say, I'm going to wipe out everything. I'm going to give to church and I know God is going to show up. I know God is going to fill my bank account. I'm going to leave this relationship because I know this is not from God. But I know very soon I'll find the person who is perfect for my life. Can we make those audacious decisions in our life? God is looking out for witnesses who can stand in audacity for him. And the last thing about being a witness for God is being filled by the Holy Spirit. The power of the Spirit in, in, in heart and soul. Many of you did that, amen, yeah. Many of you received this, this gift of you know, speaking in tongues in the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what you need for this time and hour. You know, when, 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 when this Israel and Palestine war was happening, you know, a few of them messaged and they said, is this the sign of the coming of Jesus? Do we have to be prepared? I just laughed at it and said, dude, even if the war is happening or no, you have to be prepared. Why are you starting now? There is no signs and wonders that is going to show that God is, yes, there are signs and wonders, but don't wait. Be prepared always. Be always in the move. Always do something with true faith. And if you have the Holy Spirit, you will know. Because the Bible says, He is the one who is to teach you what is to says The Holy Spirit is the one who guides us. When we receive Him, that we will become a witness. And we will be used to the ends of this world. Because He is the one who is to teach us all the truth and what is to come. And only through the Spirit of God is in the move unlike others. It says the Holy Spirit... His move is unlike others. Say this word after me, unlike others. Say it louder, unlike others. A louder, unlike others. But how many times have you tried to just be like others? Do like others. Feel like others. 
they did this it happened so i'm going to try that out oh the world is being very so moderate we are just neutral everyone's just trying to be neutral i'm going to be like others but the word of god is saying the holy spirit his move is unlike others I feel like because of christ i'm just being very weird around my friends and family the holy spirit is helping you that's good because the holy spirit is making you you are a testimony in the making say that to you i'm i'm a testimony in the making i'm a testimony in the making it's a process but in order to be a testimony god is saying can you be my witness will you feel it will you receive it will you have felt it first hand and then you will testify that's what god wants for you a real life experience say it after me a real life experience and i want all of us to feel that and live in a life where we have first hand experience can we stand up on our feet and and we're going to take this thought seriously we're going to take this thought seriously and god is saying i want you to be the person who is empty hand and just say please eat this cake please eat this cake please eat this what people looking at you like where is it only if you have a cake you can give it to me like right I don't know why I'm talking about cake at this time. In the same way, unless we experience it firsthand, unless we experience his mercy and his compassion, his blessing and his favor, how can we go around and say Jesus loves you? He is there for you. But God is saying, I am ready to move on the ones who wants to be touched. I will make you a witness in this ends of this world. Amen. Can we just raise our hands towards the heaven and say Lord I want to be your witness. I want to experience you every day in my loneliness I want to experience you. In my downfall I want to see you. And God I want to prepare an altar. I want to prepare an altar where that I can challenge things and I know you will show up. God is saying build the altar in your life. If people have crushed down your faith, if people have crushed down the dream that God has given you, God is saying rebuild it. If God has given you a vision, rebuild it in the name of Jesus. Rebuild it. And I will move. Okay, can you have this audacious uh, decisions, the faith and God will move. And God will testify for you when you move. Jesus had an audacious obedience. Jesus had the audacious faith that he came to this world. And when he came out of the water during baptism, the heaven opened and God testified of him and said, "He is my son." When you take a brave step for God, God is ready to move and he is ready to testify for you church. He is ready to speak on your behalf. He is ready to stand by you and say, "It is my son, heavens move. Mountains move. All the crooked lands be straight. He is ready to testify for us." Prepare the altar. Prepare the altar. ignite a fire make ways for god to move thank you for listening to our sermon today we hope that it was a blessing for you as well as your family 
If you would like to support our ministry, you can do so by visiting kingcitychurch.org forward slash give. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, please subscribe and hit the bell icon to be notified on our upcoming sermon. We hope to see you next week with another inspiring sermon. Until then, God bless you all.